Hi, this is April Mazza. This is Christy Shoman Ferrer. And this podcast is overdue. Each episode, we talk about books we're reading, things we're loving, and library advice we're giving. Hey, Christy. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Are we always going to do this in the morning? I think it tends to work for our schedule. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and my lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> My and preference. everybody can just pretend it's morning. <laughs> Wherever Constantly. you are, pretend that it's morning. Um, and it's pretty great morning. Uh, I'm going to start off by talking about the book that I chose for this episode. And it is called uh, Fatima's Great Outdoors. And it's a picture book written by Ambreen Tarek and uh, illustrated by Stevie Lewis. And it's just this really wonderful, joyful book a story about curiosity and adventure but also the struggles of being a new immigrant to America and this family Fatima's family is from India my Um, my jaw just dropped why you know just keep talking okay okay. (laughs) you'll tell me after (laughs) um and and the the story is um very much a reflection of Ambreen's um experiences also as a immigrant to America. And uh, Fatima, she's having some real troubles um, in school. You know, she gets made fun of for her accent and like the foods that she brings to school. And then in contrast, her younger sister is just having a grand old time and, (laughs) you know, nothing seems to be going wrong and and the transition is very smooth and this makes it kind of extra difficult. Uh, But the family decides to go camping. They want to experience, you know, this uh, American um, pastime. And so they're going camping for the first time. And it's just like a really wonderful story about embracing both her traditional culture that she grew up in mostly. And, but then also like uh, embracing her new life in America through this experience. And one of my favorite parts is when her mom teaches her how to build a fire. And it's sort of a surprise to um, Fatima because she didn't think her mom knew how to build a campfire, but she does (laughs) because she um, grew up in a more small town in India. um, And she would help her own mother build uh, a fire. So I, that I think just like perfectly um, encapsulates like what this book is about, that kind of melding. The universality of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and then I thought it was um, interesting because um, Ambreen, she is a Muslim South Asian American immigrant. And I, as I said, she based the story on her own experiences, but she's also founded the organization at Brown People Camping. So you can look them up on Instagram and they have a website, uh, but it's basically an organization to celebrate that outdoor spaces for everyone, for all people, and to encourage more people to get out and explore. And in an interview I heard with her on NPR, um, which I'll, I'll put that link in the notes because it's really interesting. Uh, but there was a national park survey that covered 10 years and it said that 77% of the national park visitors were white, which is huge. Um, that is astounding. Yeah. And so in this interview, um, Ambreen talks about, you know, sort of some of the reasons why 
um, you know, this might not be as accessible to people of color. And so, you know, this is why I picked this book because I love like the, the idea of that and trying to encourage people that. Camp. Well, that's the thing. I'm going camping. <laughs> I love camping. We camped as kids all the time. Um, and for my family, it was, it was a lot because it was affordable. It's so exactly. yeah. cheap to camp, except now, of course, now you feel like you have to get all this gear <laughs> that can, can cost money, but we did it very much on the cheap. And once you have it, it usually lasts a long time. But um, yeah, so we are going camping this summer. We did not get to go last summer because of COVID, but we've, my husband and I found a place that's a farm in Western Mass, a little west of Amherst, and it's a berry farm and they have one campsite <laughs> and oh, uh, we're going to go in June. So I'm super excited just for a few nights, but, um, but I'm pretty excited. And, um, and this, the last thing I'll mention is the illustrations because you know, definitely not last, but not least because, or definitely not, wait, definitely. <laughs> well, in a picture book. It's last, but not least that. because yes. yes, it's very important to the story and they are wonderful. They're super colorful and, um, you know, just really bright and makes you feel very welcome, which I think is an important part too, because that's part of the story of, of not feeling welcome and trying to find your place. Um, it's very cheerful. And I also thought it was very clever. Um, again, the illustrator, Stevie Lewis, and she's also Asian American. Uh, when there's a memory scene, like when the mom is building the fire back in India, when she was younger, it's a different color palette. So, you know, when in time, um, the different parts of the story take place. I, I really I appreciate that. touches like yeah. that. Yeah. So I have this like huge smile on my face and I, I need everybody to know that April and I don't talk about the books that we're going to do before we do them. Uh, we don't, we don't even let each other know what book we select or what format we're picking. So the book that I chose is Home is in Between by Matali Perkins, illustrated by Lavanya Naidu. And I'm showing April Aww, right now. I love the cover. And, um, my neighbor Shilpa loaned it to me and I've kept it for way too long. I really love it. And it is about a young girl named Shanti who moves from Bangladesh to America oh, so and is having a hard time kind of living between two worlds. You know, that she at home, her, her home life is still feels very much like um, the village where she grew up. Her family eats the same foods, um, has same um, decorations and, um, and, practices the same um, holidays and, and cultural practices. But then at school, she's learning of English. She is learning about cultural practices in America, um, about sports that she's never heard of before and holidays she's never experienced before. And she is constantly going back and forth between the village, which is her, her home life, and the town, which is life in America. And um, it's just, it's very similar to the book that you shared in that, mm -hmm. you know, going, you know, learning a new culture and being in a new space can be really challenging, but it's also full of new experiences and wonder. And one of the things that I really loved about this book, which I think was built in both in the text, but especially in the illustrations, 
is that in-between space. And so um, mm -hmm. Shanti goes back and forth. Um, in one spread, it says, so back and forth, she skipped, remembering the village, learning the town, again and again in between. But the illustrations actually use the gutter as that space in between. Oh. And I'll show you, and I will include some pictures in our on our Instagram account, um, which mm -hmm. is this pod is overdue on Instagram. Um, and that gutter has Shanti's footprints going back and forth between the two experiences. Um, I, I just, I love this book. I, I've, you know, we're, we're big fans of Mitali Perkins. We've mm -hmm. had her um, come and do workshops for us before I got to work very closely with her on one a couple of years ago. And she often talks about the experiences of moving to the US and what that was like for her. And this book, I think is really a celebration of her experiences, definitely talking about the challenges a bit, but really focusing on the strength that kids come out of that mm -hmm. experience with ha being able to speak to in two codes, you know, that code, cultural code switching that kids are able to do and how that is makes them stronger and really gives them a, a breadth of experiences. And I've read and reread this book. Um, the illustration is are gorgeous um, and fun. There's this cute little uh, elephant toy that is throughout the story um, that mimics Shanti's expressions, oh, or at least or maybe sometimes even shows what Shanti is feeling when we mm -hmm. don't see her face. And it just is so well done. Um, both Natalie Perkins and Lavanya Naidu are um, South Asian, um, originally from India. And um, Lavanya Naidu is now lives in Australia and Mitali now lives in California. Um, but it also includes a nice author's note and a glossary. So it's, it's very accessible to kids from all different backgrounds, but I think it's especially great for kids who have moved from one place mm -hmm. to another, whether it be another country to, to the US or um, even just one state or one town to another space mm -hmm. and showing how it, you know, learning a new place can actually be such a wonderful experience. Right, so, it can be very empowering, which is it is yeah. something else that um, came up when I was reading my yeah. book. And is that Matali's first picture book? I don't know. I don't think it's the very first one. She know. talked about one um, in which um, a child and grandmother were across the borders from each other. I actually don't know which one ended up being published first. Mm -hmm. So this isn't the first one she wrote. It may be the first one that came out. This came out in 2021 this okay. year. Um, but the yeah. the other would have been more recent. Like everything else previous to these two are novels, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Novels. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Home is in Between by Matali um, Perkins. I highly recommend it. Really loved it. And thank you to my neighbor, Shilpa, for loaning it to me. I promise I will give it back soon. <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to look at it. I won't borrow uh, Shelpa's copy though. <laughs> now it's time for Ask Us Anything. And this episode, we want to talk about something we get asked about a lot, which is how do you get on a book award committee? Would you like to start, Christy? How would you sure. answer that? <clears throat> I think our experiences are very similar. <laughs> um, but, uh, and uh, so I'll try to keep my section short so you can share it as well. But I, my, the number one thing that I tell people when, if they want to be on a, a selection committee, either, I mean, we're, we're specifically talking about 
American Library Association committees, but I think mm -hmm. it's true for any kind of award committee, you know, if it's like um, uh, and I, the Eisner committee or um, which is for graphic no comics and graphic novels or, um, you know, a state what level a book award mm -hmm. committee, I think the same is true is that you need to get involved. You know, you need to to participate in the organization that sponsors the award. So that might mean, give, you know, doing um, spending some time on a committee of, or a different committee, not at the awards committee um, first, um, and getting to know people. With regard to the American Library Association, the committees um, that you and I have served on mostly are um, in the children's division, and so the they require that you volunteer. So there's that volunteer form that you have to fill out um, for the most part um, to get noticed by the people who are put placing um, individuals on the committees. But then also, you know, if people are going to vote for you uh, when you, if you're on a ballot, they need to know your name, right? So you need to have done some work within that committee in order to get there. So um, my path to being on an awards committee uh, really what started at the local level and the New England Library Association, the Children's Division, NERTSL, the New England Roundtable for Teen and Children's Librarians. Did I get that right? Yes. We okay. always called it, put the nerd back in NERTSL, but that was many years ago. <laughs> That's actually where I met April. That's right. <laughs> uh, we were on the board together and uh, we ended up going to a panel about how do you get on an awards committee? And through that panel, we learned about um, this experience that a very new opportunity at ALA called the Bill Moore Seminar. It was and the first one in fact. It was the very so first one 2008 in Philadelphia and it's being as being a part of that experience really put me on the path to being on a committee. I had been um I had been the administrative assistant to on the YALSA Great Graphic Novels for Teens Committee, which is a very different kind of thing that, than ALSC does. They don't really have administrative assistants. Um, so I'd been that on that the Great Graphic Novels for Teens Committee and somebody stepped off the committee and I filled their space. So I was actually on a committee that way, but for Caldecott, it really was the, the Nertzel work and then the Bill Morris seminar. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. my recommendation. Get involved. <laughs> oh, so yeah, same. Um, and, and because like you said, you know, you kind of have to put yourself out there so that people know you. So, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, it's, you know, it's just who, you know, like a, like it's a, you know, popularity club kind of yeah. thing. Right. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that necessarily. My experience has been more that it's name recognition. Yes. Um, and so people know because you've volunteered on other committees before, again, whether it's at the local level or your, uh, or the ALA national level, they recognize your name as someone who has volunteered, works hard, is reliable, all of those things. Um, and that said, you know, there are definitely people when I was on Newberry for um, 2017, there, there was at least one person, this was the first time they'd ever been on any committee. Um, and that's great too, because then you get, you know, lots of different perspectives. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, it can happen with, you know, without having put years and years and years into it. Right. But I think if it's a 
if it's a goal of yours, it's actually something you can work towards. It's not just luck of the draw or Mm -hmm. who, you know, or, or anything like that. If it's something that you want, I would say, you know, put some work into it. Another thing that I think helped me was I had been doing book reviewing. um, And that's something that we could talk about another time. So if people are interested in how do you get into book reviewing, ask us anything, (laughs) you can email us. Well, I was wondering too, for that person who it was their first time on a committee, I, well, I'm not wondering, but I'm assuming that it didn't happen in a vacuum, right? They either were, were appointed right. by somebody or well, they were on the ballot and people voted right, for like them. Like you mentioned, right. Like you mentioned, you're either appointed or on the ballot. And I don't remember that person's particular situation, I had been appointed to Newberry and my story still kind of cracks me up because I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like a mean prank that someone played (laughs) on me because it was not on my radar at all. Although I do fill in the volunteer form every year. So, so going back to that, you definitely want to fill that out, be open to different kinds of committees, not just the book ones. And it also helps be nominated. So how do you get appointed? You get nominated. So again, through that networking of being on different committees, going to conferences, being involved, you could ask another member to nominate you. So, and I have done that in the past for people. So, you know, and if you it can is nominate of interest, yourself. yeah, you can nominate yourself and you can ask someone else to nominate you. I've loved being on a worst committee. I was on Caldecott uh, in 2010 and then Cybert Cy- for 2020. Um, but also some of my most rewarding work has been on other committees. I was on the ALA Children's Book Council Joint Committee for two years. And I consistently tell people that that is one of the best experiences ever because it's a small committee made of librarians and publishing people. So this wonderful mix of book lovers doing work on a wide wide variety of work. Uh, And we, I'm especially proud of the list that we created called Reading Beyond, which is that a list of books for kids who are younger, but reading a little bit more advanced, kind of that eternal story of a parent coming in and saying, my kindergartner reads Harry Potter and can read all the YA books. And you're like, actually, no, we have this really wonderful list. Here are some books that are developmentally appropriate for your young child, but are a little bit more complicated and challenging. Uh, So you know, again, being open to other types of committee work, it's really great. And then you may get noticed because of the work you've done there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, one of the first committees I was on for ALSC, which is a division of ALA for Children's Services, was a grant award committee. And I loved it. I think I was on it three years, almost three years, because you get to award people money. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you, you know, get it's money such a, and you yeah, get money. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like being Oprah. Um, but, but also it's again, really great practice to know what, you know, if you're ever going to apply for a grant, it's really great to know what do grant awarders look for. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? No, I like you really right. get to learn like what makes a great application. What are the kind of things to avoid? Um, so it was great in a lot of ways. Uh, and I do think too, you know, being sort of going a little off topic, but being on a book award committee is an amazing honor. Um, but it's not, you know, 
the pinnacle of your (laughs) career. Like there's so many other things that you can do if it doesn't happen for you right away. Um, don't feel sad. It, you know, just keep working towards it. There's tons of great work to be done and great people to work with that you learn from. Um, but I know that, that because we do get asked this a lot, people want to know about (laughs) the book awards and they are amazing too. And great fun, tons of work. I think we could go on and on about it. I I think one last thing that I would, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that for awards like Newbery and Caldecott and Seibert, you have to be a member of the American Library. Yes, that's number one. And then also the division, the children's division, OSC. So start there and get to know people, read books, learn to evaluate them and if you have additional questions, we're always happy to answer them. You can send us questions either specifically about this topic or other topics um, at thispodisoverdue at gmail.com. Okay, so we're back and we're going to talk about what we've learned recently. Uh, April, do you have anything new? Hi. Do. You're smiling. I'm smiling because <laughs> I think it was new to you too. We had a consultants meeting recently and we had a guest and the guest was from Canada, from uh, the Vancouver area. Yes. And she used the word, <laughs> she used the word tickety boo. And the look on everyone's faces. I mean, this is where Zoom meetings really, really uh, make it because everyone's jaw dropped. I don't think one person (laughs) in that space had heard this phrase. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, she sort of used it like, you know, because we're we're exploring this piece of software. And, uh, you know, and she starts saying like, you know, once everything's tickety-boo, I'll let you know and you can check it out and make sure. And we were just like, what in the <laughs> world? And our chat lit on fire. Yeah, we're kind of we're like all big, word people. Yeah, we're all word people. We le- love to use our chat. And like, yeah, I think I said something like new word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, so this person, her name's Leah. She, uh, she said, oh, I didn't, I didn't think you'd never know it, but it means like everything's good. Everything's fine. And I just love it. I want to use it all the time. I'm surprised I actually haven't used it in every episode so far, (laughs) but (laughs) it's just like the way it sounds and then the way it feels when you say it, go ahead and say Mm -hmm. it. Tickety-boo. That's wonderful, right? It is. And and I also like, it's such a positive thing, right? Just Mm -hmm. means like, oh, this is great. Um, and so of course I had to go look it up. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> what, what is going on? And, um, and I think Leah had said something like it's British that made its way over to Canada and maybe the Brits dropped it, but the Canadians kept it. This one website I found, I did not do extensive research, but this <laughs> one website that I found <laughs> thought that it might have something to do with the Hindi expression, tiki babu, that means everything's all right, sir. That could make sense because the British colonized Mm -hmm. India and stole a lot of things, probably language as well. Um, But then um, this page I found, it was on BBC America. So maybe it's also like, um, that's just the ticket. 
you know, which means like the perfect outcome. But I, I just don't see that. I think Tiki Babu is it. I mean, I just don't see how, yeah, Tikiti Boo, Tiki Babu. And that it's, you know, I could see if maybe that phrase in Hindi had a different meaning, but Mm -hmm. it's like the same meaning. So come on, people, like, you know, admit it. It's that's what it's from. I love that this is your learning. That's what I've learned. I love learning a new word. I had a I whole so text excited. conversation with my friend Rachel about uh, Buddhism <laughs> because of that phrase. Well, and I so I have a friend who lives in Toronto, Marcella, and uh, and she's a listener, by the way. So hello, Marcella. I asked her about it, and she says she has used it and heard of it, but um her she said her older sister who's four years older uses it more so maybe it's also Slightly a, older maybe it's a age generation. Thing. i don't know <laughs> but you know how i feel today is just tickety boo i love that i love that thank you <laughs> how for about you smile <laughs> um mine's not nearly as like linguistic or 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 smiley but um i the thing that i've been learning a lot i realized the other day as i was trying to like think for this episode is that um, I've been putting my library skills to practice and looking up medical and health information. (laughs) Avoid Dr. Google, right? We are librarians. We still use Google, but I, um, you know, many of my, my close friends and and colleagues know I was diagnosed with um, a genetic disorder last year. And in the last 13 months, I've also undergone a lot of like medical procedures. And so um, recently I've been trying to learn more about hip and back anatomy because I'm trying to, I was in physical therapy for eight weeks and it's really tempting to just, you know, especially at 10 o'clock at night to just type into Google, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the the disorder I have is called Ehlers-Danlos, Ehlers-Danlos hip, and then just Mm -hmm. read everything. And like, you know what? not a great idea. Let's do some more, um, more like, um, good, <laughs> I can't think of the right <laughs> word. um, authoritative searches. Right. Well, like you said, put those librarian skills to use. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Um, I've been working, like I said, with a physical therapist, working with a nutritionist, learning a lot about what I should do or can do to, help my own health and in the process finding some new authoritative authoritative sources to to use instead of just googling and reading people's blog posts so so what are some of the ones you've found um so the for uh, the ehlers danlos society has a lot of research and they actually post full research studies so i've actually been reading research articles like straight up scientific studies I know right um and so I also use PubMed for that Mm -hmm. as well um I I used to have access to a um a physician's point of care database so I use that sometimes um and any and occasionally use our our library databases excellent I know I I was at a um, (laughs) yeah I was at a meeting last night where they were talking about local database usage and I was like I'm one of those (laughs) (laughs) I'm in your staff yes yeah well that can be a dangerous slippery slope for sure it is but it's also been very interesting I mean I feel like I've learned so much about 
um, genetics and genetic testing mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the, the world of specifically Ehlers-Danlos is growing constantly as they continue to do more research. And so, you know, one genetic mutation may not be included in the diagnosis one year, but then Mm -hmm. a year or two later it is because the research is constantly changing. And so I, I feel smarter because I'm <laughs> you are smart all these scientific research articles hey well you know what you deserve to have some benefit come out right <laughs> cool well thanks for sharing I mean because that's also a really personal story too my yeah it's my pleasure and I actually think that it's you know being a librarian with a rare disease gives me a, an opportunity to inform mm-hmm. and educate and also help people feel like they're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's one thing I know too, from my own experiences, when you are seeing the doctor about something and they don't know what's wrong. Yes. You You know, we expect them to know and, you know, give prompt treatment and it can be very frustrating and, and isolating. So yeah, that's good. You found what you needed. It's nice to be a librarian. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna have to agree with you there. Well, moving on, let's talk about something we've loved lately. Um, I will share. As uh, listeners know, I have kids. Um, I have an 11-year-old and an almost 8-year-old. And I recently realized that my 11-year-old is at that age where she's really creating her own self her own identity. I mean, all kids do, but middle school seems to be that Mm -hmm. age. And I am really loving watching her come into her own musical self and find bands and, and musical creators that she loves. And she's discovering music and introducing me to music. And I keep thinking about who I was when I was 11 and who I listened to. And the fact that, you know, I listened to Depeche Mode and my parents had never (laughs) heard of them. I'm not entirely certain they liked them. Um, and how that has kind of maintained through my life. And so with that thinking, watching her listen to music, her, um, her music playlist is so incredibly eclectic and she's introduced me to new bands. And we also have some really great kind of overlaps in musical taste. And so one specifically that I wanted to share with everybody because I feel like not everybody knows this person is Bishop Briggs. She's a um, singer-songwriter from, I think, believe she's from Scotland. And her real name is Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, so and, she had uh, to change it. She did. <laughs> she, cho- she chose to change it because yes. it was a little too close to <laughs> yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. Um, but she is just so amazing. I wish we could play music on our podcast. We can't, but um, I'll include a link and um, my my. 11 year old and I regularly will get in the car and just listen to the Bishop Briggs station. For, oh, cool. And, um, and we're all both very happy with it. Oh, I will definitely check that out. That's so fun. We both love music a lot. Yes. And uh, we talk yes. about music a lot and I can only imagine how disappointing it would be like if your child either didn't like music at all or like oh, there are definitely those moments band. yeah yeah where I'm told I'm very that. old and I don't know what I'm doing oh absolutely <laughs> yeah um but that's great I like the the overlap well the thing I love lately is from an MSLA 
post on their listserv. That's the Massachusetts School Library Association, but shout out to them. They're awesome. We have some listeners. I just learned they're amazing. And uh, the listserv is very active. Uh, It's one of the things I I like a lot about them, very supportive, but um, someone had posted just this great funny link from uh, the New Yorker. It's called Opening Lines Rewritten for a Pandemic. And again, this just sort of like spoke to my librarian soul. Um, And so I'll just give a few examples, but we'll put the link in the show notes. And it's just a fun, fun way to pass the time and see if you remember the actual opening line. Some of these will ring a bell. This one is, it was a dark and stormy night. So we stayed inside just like we'd done every night for the last year. In that way, it was a perfectly normal night. And that's from A Wrinkle in Time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, but mostly it was the worst of times. In fact, not once had it felt like the best of times. And that's from A Tale of Two Cities. It was inevitable. The scent of bitter almonds always reminded him of some New York Times recipe he'd done completely wrong. (laughs) That one also very much touches me. Uh, That's love in the time of cholera. And then this one, I didn't know at all, but I love, I loved the, um, I love the redo. So I had to like, kind of look up what is this from, but the, the line is a screaming comes across the sky. It is me. I am screaming. It feels good to scream. And that's from a book called Gravity's Rainbow, which I don't know at all, but the real opening line is just the first part. A screaming comes across the sky. Oh, man. But it definitely, uh, yeah, the rest of that that's is very much a 2020, amazing. 2021 <laughs> book uh, <laughs> opener. And that's it. That's oh, it for thank me. Thank you. And uh, we will include all of this on our uh, show notes, which is tinyurl.com slash this pod. Please uh, consider subscribing. Uh, we are on all major podcast outlets these days. Uh, we love hearing from you. So feel free to email us. This pod is overdue at gmail.com. And thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this podcast is overdue with Christy and April. Bye everyone. Happy reading. Our podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alidu, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music. I almost ended the meeting. I just want to stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh.